always do it on my own so i gotta get through it and the only thing i know is to love what i'm doing never give up never slow till i finally prove it never listen to the no's i just wanna keep moving keep my head up when i act head up that's a fact never looking back i'ma keep myself on track keep my head up staying strong always moving on feel i don't believe all right all right we're, so... we're live so on this episode, on this of, the episode podcast, of the podcast, we're going to be talking to, talking to uh, is it pronounced uh, Waynette? Correct, correct. Um, yeah, with Dr. Um, yeah, Pepper, with Dr. Park, Pepper and Park, and it's uh, Tyler's, joining, uh, Tyler's me well. joining me as how well. Are guys, how, are how are we guys? Tonight? How are we doing tonight? Not I'm, too bad. I'm, thank you. Thank you. So. So um, I, I did have a couple, um, of, questions have a couple of questions as far as your background. Your background. I, I, did, try I, I did try looking through some of the through some of the some of the stuff that you sent me the invites to as far as like I think it was like a motivational motivational speaker type page. How did you come to how start, did you come the, Dr. To start the Dr Pepper Park? Well, um, well, I actually um, I opened, opened uh, Sponsor Hounds is, is the first is the first company um, that I um, that I st- uh, 15, uh, 15 years, years ago, and, and I decided to open my own business. I was working for, for uh, a group of radio, uh, group of radio stations for. Stations for- and I had created, I had created a number of vets um, for um, them for and them decided, and decided that, that that was my passion, passion and that I would uh, produce, uh, produce festivals, festivals and, and shows and concerts. And concert. So I opened so up, I up um, Sponsor House um, and, and, and we, we you know, used to do events at Elmwood Park and, you know, Salem Civic Center, Brunswick Center. Uh, middle, uh, of street, middle of the street, middle of the street, field, wherever. wherever. <laughs> we could do events, <laughs> we could do events everywhere, um, and we and even did, a, even a, did a, a big conference in New Orleans. But I had, but I had identified, identified early on um, in that, um, business, in that model business model for us to be us sustainable. sustainable. We needed, we needed to, to um, build our build own, own view that we had that control, we had control of, the of the schedule. That we would be, be able to able route, to route our list and, and have a, a and better opportunity to attract you know, talent, talent to Rhode Valley. Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's um, how, so that's how Dr. Dr. Park came to fruition. I started, I started searching, and it took, and about, it took about four years before, before um, I found, um, I found bridges, um, bridges development and that were very, that were very, and didn't get a group for whatever. As you can imagine, had a lot of time with that's uh, when, we uh, when we found it, the, uh, we talked uh, we to talked developer, developer, and, and we were able, we were to, able to the line, the line the park, park on, park now. on now. Nice. Nice. I can hear you typing. I can Tyler. hear you typing, Tyler. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there was just, just a little, there was just little bit of feedback. Um, um, so, so. You guys have you guys a lot of have a lot of tricky come in that there. come in over there. Um, I know um, you got some. I know you got some. Uh, some other things. Uh, some other things on, going on. But what? But what? What all do you guys? What all do you guys other offer than, other than uh, the bands? Uh, the is that bands? Is that pretty is that, much is what, pretty it, much is, what it is? Or festivals and things? Um, um, actually, we have a we have uh, a theory, theory. Uh, and it's and not, it's not uh, it's not the it's majority. Not the majority. 
you. It's probably, you. It's probably 35 percent uh, of the entertainment that we bring in. Um, really, um, really, Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper Park, Park was built with our tribute here because, because um, at, um, at the open, open um, you know, um, we are you know, not, not publicly public funded. funded. We're privately, we're privately owned. owned. So, um, so um, it's, it's, you know, you know community, community supported, supported. And we had and we really, had built, really our built our audience. And, and um, you know, from affordability standpoint, we Heard, heard um, the national, um, the national and, and the risk and the that, went along, that went along with that. So, so um, we started, we started off, off with, uh, a, lot with of a lot of festivals and, and our, our tribute, which is called, which Flashback, is called Fridays. Flashback Fridays. Um, we, um, have we have another tribute series, series that's, called that's called Squad, which is, which is the same thing. The same thing. Fridays, Fridays, but it's returning, it's returning artists, artists that, that were very, 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 very popular sold kits, and everybody, and everybody wanted to get again. Um, so that's, um, so called, that's called Flashback Rewind. Rewind. And, then and then we bring in we bring a number, in a number of, um, of, national of national acts as well. I mean, last year had Ashley Rod and Moore and Aaron Lewis. Johnson, Johnson and Blackberry Smoke and on and on and on. We produced over 26 concerts. And of course, uh, we established, we created, and we um, we execute the uh, the Roanoke Wing Fest, which is Roanoke's largest one-day food festival. And this will be the 13th year for that festival. And that's really our only festival that we do at this point. Um, so we're primarily... Uh, tribute artist and uh, and national acts and uh, we've got a huge lineup um, so far this year we're announcing uh, two to three concerts each week and we've been doing that since um, the beginning of December um, so we have a we had a season pass um, sale on Cyber Monday or sorry Black Friday through Cyber Monday um, so then uh, we sold a ton of season passes. Everybody was really excited. It was such a great value. Uh, we still have season passes available. And then, of course, we're announcing all of the shows now and there are individual tickets um, on sale um, as well. Nice. Now, um, I've not ever been down there, but I've seen uh, videos and whatnot about, uh, you know, the, the patio that you guys have. Um, you know, uh, we wanted to go to the last wing fest. It just didn't work out for us. Well, that's okay. You still have this year. That's right. Um, you know, um, are you guys sponsored by Dr. Pepper at all? Or is that just... Yes, correct. Um, very, very proud of that partnership. Of course, um, Dr. Pepper, the brand, the original bottling plant was located in Roanoke uh, on McClanahan Street in South Roanoke in uh, close proximity to Dr. Pepper Park. Um, and uh, Dr. Pepper only sponsors two venues in the entire world. Of course, it's a, <laughs> it's a global company. And uh, so we're very, very pleased to say that Dr. Pepper Park is one of two facilities that they sponsor. The other one is uh, where their corporate office is in Waco, Texas. And um, so uh, Dr. Pepper Park, that came to, uh, to be because I went in and talked with uh, Pepsi Beverages about becoming our beverage partner. Um, and they introduced me to the regional director for Dr. Pepper, and I told them told him what we were going to be doing and building. Um, so we, when we made the announcement, the initial announcement at a press conference, we were able to name it right away, so that it was not um, called something different. And then we had it sponsored after that. that. Was really important to me because I think that people, you know, that 
that grew up in the Roanoke Valley, like they'll always call um, a building, whatever it is they grew up knowing it to be. And I didn't want to have to rebrand it and change it uh, because it was a new facility and we wanted to have um, location awareness. And, you know, we knew that everybody loved Dr. Pepper. So we hoped that that association, they would uh, come to love us as well. So uh, it's been a wonderful partnership. Um, they've signed um, two contract extensions thus far. So they're very, very happy um, with everything that we're doing. And, um, and it's, it's a really great partnership. That that's awesome. I didn't realize that, that, uh, they didn't sponsor very many people at all. Yeah. That's not like, uh, you know, like FedEx, they've got FedEx field. They go around and sponsor a lot of venues or like cell phone companies, for instance, like Verizon, they sponsor a lot of things. So, um, so it's really, really special, you know, that they sponsor um, a venue in the Roanoke Valley. Um, they care very deeply about um, uh, everybody here and all the support that our community has given Dr. Pepper the brand for so many years. Um, of course, we also produce um, Dr. Pepper Day. The city of Roanoke declared it Dr. Pepper Day officially on 1024, uh, which every year it's on October the 24th. Um, and you may... Um, you may know about the clock, the big iconic sign, downtown Roanoke, the Dr. Pepper clock that says 10, 2, and 4. Um, so that's why we do it on that day. Um, and that comes from an old marketing campaign. Uh, I believe it was from in the 50s. Um, and Dr. Pepper um, was basically advertising um, that you should um, grab, I think the slogan was grab a bite to drink. Um, at 10, 2, and 4, because those were the times of days that the um, that st medical studies have shown that that's when your energy level dips those times of the day. So um, that was the advertising slogan, and that's why the clock is missing all the numbers. I didn't know if you guys knew that or not. I did not. I've always been curious about it. Yeah. It's like, why are these numbers, numbers missing? I didn't know either. I didn't know either. Uh, until we began, until we our, began partnership. our partnership here. here. Um, Dr. Pepper gives away thousands of t-shirts and, and free product, free uh, Dr. Pepper, Diet Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper Cherry, um, you know, all kinds of uh, different uh, options there that you can pick. And we, um, we do that in downtown Roanoke and Market Square. It's always on the 24th. It doesn't matter. It's always on October 24th. It doesn't matter if it's a Saturday or a Monday or a Wednesday. It's always on the 24th because, you know, that's the day that the city's proclamation declared it officially Dr. Pepper Day. And that's Dr. Pepper's way of really thanking our community specifically for um, for uh, the love of the brand. I don't know if you know this, but uh Roanoke, the Roanoke Valley was number one for Dr. Pepper consumption for many, many years per capita. Uh, we're still really, really close and really way up, uh, way up there. But uh, that was always something that um, that Dr. Pepper really appreciated that, you know, our community supported the brand so much. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's really all cool. Um, a little bit of backstory on, on myself. Um, I actually worked in the old Dr. Pepper plant for a few years. Uh, it's an automotive oh, really? shop now. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was pretty cool. We, um, over where I guess they bottled them on the, if you're standing in front of the building, the left side, uh, right. they were putting up uh, flame retardant roof inside. 
and we found uh, old bottle caps that had been up there in the rafters for a very long time for Dr. Pepper and Mountain Dew. That's cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah, I, did, I don't know a whole lot about um, the building itself, but um, the you know certainly Dr. Pepper Park and our location at the bridges was very appealing to them um, since it was uh, so close by. Um, you had mentioned sponsors, so we're community supported, obviously, um, and then we're also supported by um, local businesses and uh, regional and national businesses that sponsor um, our many many events, our concert series. We have a lot of different. Um, sponsorships that can help to um, accomplish a number of marketing, uh, event marketing goals for companies. So uh, we are event marketing experts. So it's, um, it's, you know, one of the ways that we are able to afford to do uh, what we do. And um, we are going to be announcing tomorrow, actually, um, a big partnership um, that we have with Northwest Ace. And they're going to be sponsoring um, one of our uh, big concert series with our national acts. And we're really super excited about that. And they're also sponsoring uh, the Roanoke Wing Fest 2022. And they have sponsored that event for um, several years. And so we certainly appreciate um, their continued um, support of Dr. Pepper Park. And, and again, we just, you know, we couldn't ask for better uh, partners and um, in this. And they love their community and they love what we do by bringing music um, to the Roanoke Valley. And um, so we're really excited to uh, start announcing those shows. Uh, when is Wing Fest coming up this year? Uh, we haven't announced the date yet, but we can go ahead and announce it right now. It is um, August the, the August the twenty uh, is it the twenty eighth August the twenty seventh I believe it is um, on that Saturday, and it's from twelve until seven. And when we announce it, tickets will go on sale shortly thereafter. And if you buy tickets in advance, they're just five dollars. Kids 12 and under are free, um, and it's $7 at the gate, and you get live music all day. Of course, we have um, uh, our big cornhole tournament, lots and lots of games, a kid's area. Um, I think last year we had upwards of um, 60 or 70 vendors, lots and lots of vendors. Unfortunately, last year was the hottest day like on record, I think for the <laughs> several summers. So it was supposed to be sunny and 80 degrees. And the next thing you know, uh, the temperature just spiked. And I, I mean, I, I think the heat index was probably 101. Um, it was a very, very warm day last year, but it, it didn't rain and we had lots of sunshine. So uh, we're hoping for that again this year. Lots of sunshine. Absolutely. Um as far as some of the acts that you guys have had in the past, uh -huh. um, what what were some of the the bigger, uh, I guess, concerts that you guys have had as far as uh, sales wise and just crowd wise? Would you say? Well, last year we had um, uh, Jamie Johnson was close to a sold out crowd. Um, Aaron Lewis um, sold out. And I can't remember. There was another. There was another sold out show. I can't remember. Um, yeah, we had Tesla, Blackberry Smoke, Ashley McBride, Kit Moore, uh, Michael Ray. Um, we were having all summer at least three shows a week uh, in some cases. So uh, we were definitely, definitely tired. Um, 
by the end of the season, and we're, we're going to have um, the same season. If you check out drpepperpark.com, you can also, um, or, or Dr. Pepper Park at the Bridges on our Facebook page, you can look at all of our past events. Um, we, this is our eighth year, um, that we've been producing concerts in the Roanoke Valley at, over at the, um, at, at, uh, Dr. Pepper Park. So there are so many events. I have to tell you, I don't even think I remember all of them. So, uh, and I don't have a list prepared, but I can tell you what we have going on so far this year. Absolutely. What, what I, I do know a few things, but I can't remember the names of the bands that you have coming. Sure. Um, well, uh, I know that your, the podcast is going to air on the ninth, so I can tell you um, a lot of things that maybe um, you haven't uh, heard announced thus far. So um, this is just what we've announced so far. And again, we are announcing um, we have at least one and, and many times uh, two or to three concert announcements per week. Um which is pretty labor intensive. I should I'll, I should mention and also uh, give our team a lot of credit for that. It, it takes like no less than a week um, to get a show um, planned for uh, marketing and advertising and um, get, getting the ticket system built. It's very very intense. So when we have three show announcements in one week, like we do this week, <laughs> we're all pretty dang on tired. It's a lot of fourteen hour days. So it's not just um, uh, a seasonal business. It's year round. Um, so we've already announced um, several of these shows. Some of them will be announced uh, after we talk uh, this evening. But in May, uh, we're going to be announcing May 7th. We've got Granger Smith um, coming to town. And that is part of the Northwest Ace concert series, summer concert series. And then on June 10th, we have our Flashback Rewind um, artists, Dean Ford and the Beautiful Ones. And of course, that's a Prince tribute. Super excited about this show. Um, uh, due to COVID, his show was canceled in uh, 2020. We weren't able to get it rescheduled in 2021. And he has played uh, Dr. Pepper Park before. And he it was amazing. You would think that you saw Prince in concert. He's so incredibly talented. So everybody was disappointed um, that it got pushed back two whole years. Uh, so I know everyone's excited to come see that. Uh, what a lot of people don't know is that Dean Ford, who is the uh, Prince tribute artist, has his own music as well and his own band. So his band is going to be opening. He's opening for himself. So that's going to be pretty cool. Everybody can see him uh, without his makeup and costume and then they'll be able to see him come back on stage as prince so that's going to be pretty neat um june 11th we've got uh, i know you guys are excited about this show we've got uh, cinderella's tom Kiefer, la guns and faster pussycat so three big uh huge rock bands uh on one night on uh, saturday june the 11th and uh, of course that is also part of our northwest ace summer concert series on June 17th, we've got um, Southern Rock Superstars, The Outlaws. And then on June 18th, we've got Andy Grammer. And we're really excited about that. We've never done anything um, like Andy Grammer's type of music. Um, and so we're really excited to see how that do does. Everybody I've talked to that I'm allowed to tell about the show has been really excited about it. So um um, we're looking forward to that one. And then July 16th, we're bringing in Quiet Riot. 
And then July 22nd, we've got another Flashback Rewind installment, uh, which we just announced, which is our Fleetwood Mac tribute rumors um, from Los Angeles. Um, they fly in from Los Angeles uh, each year and they deliver a spectacular performance. Um, that show usually sells out and is our uh, most attended concert each and every year. And so uh, people are always excited to welcome them back. And it's pretty cool since we are kid-friendly. Um, you can look out and see like three, four generations in one family um, sitting together and enjoying the concert. So um, a lot of families come out for that show. And then on uh, July 23rd, uh, we're bringing in Aaron Lewis and the State Liners. And uh, again, that show sold out last year, so we're excited about him returning. Um, that's also part of our Northwest Ace Summer Concert Series. And August 12th uh, is Flashback Friday. So this is a, a new um, act that's coming, and this is a two-for-one tribute night. So we have Elton John and Billy Joel tributes uh, on the same night. And they even come out and perform together with uh, like dueling pianos type of thing. And it's going to be really exciting. We've sold a lot of tickets to that show so far. And then September the 2nd, we're bringing in uh, BG's Gold as part of our Flashback Fridays. Um, and this is an amazing Bee Gees tribute. They actually have a Las Vegas re residency and um, they're very, very difficult to get and difficult to get them to travel. So uh, we're building a huge event around them coming to Roanoke and it's going to be a great uh, 70s night with a costume contest and just so much fun. Everyone loves the 70s. And uh, then uh, lastly, um, as far as shows that we've announced thus far, Certainly not shows that, not the last of the shows that we're going to be announcing. We'll probably end up uh, somewhere around 30 shows this year. Um, that's what we're shooting for. And uh, so we've got 20, uh, September the 23rd, Flashback Fridays, um, Us and Floyd, which is a Pink Floyd tribute. And they're based out of New York City. Um, and they have an amazing laser light show. And um, that's actually been, re it was rescheduled from last year. So, um, so everybody's really excited that they're able to, to be rescheduled and to come in September. Um, and we haven't announced any of our shows yet for October. So many more to announce uh, for um, the rest of the season. So we're operational because we're an outdoor venue May through October. And, um, and then, like I said, the rest of the, the year, we're just working on um, talking to potential sponsors and getting the shows ready to announce and working very hard on booking. And um, it, it's all just a labor of love so that we could bring all this music to our wonderful community. And that is absolutely amazing. I know my dad's really looking forward to the Bee Gees uh, cover band. Yeah, they're yeah, great. They're um, great. Um, and I mean, and, I, mean I, I, I got really I got really too when I watched that uh, that Bee Gees documentary. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Um, that's kind of the those were the years when I was growing up, going to the skating rink or whatever. I love, love, love the Bee Gees. And so um, it's a pretty cool documentary. And it got me really excited about um, seeing them because, of course, I, I never got to see the Bee Gees. Um, but I did get to see Andy Gibb um, in concert. But I never got to see the Bee Gees. And um, so I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, I think everybody just loves the 70s. It was just a fun time. Um, so that's going to be a great show. So tell your dad thanks. I'm glad he's coming. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely will. Um, are there any artists that you haven't gotten yet that you, you know, would want uh, to be able to get them? 
Yes, but yes, I'm not going to say I'm... it out loud. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, it, because it, 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 it very, is, uh, you know, we're it's a competitive little town musically. So um, if I know of something, uh, I'm very intuitive because I do listen to my community. I am there at each and every concert and I am talking to people, I'm serving beer and I'm listening. They come up to me. They tell me what they want to see. Um, we know what works. And so there have been several artists that we've been targeting. So one of them most recently I've been. Um, I've had offers in for the past four years and I just found out that I lost the show. So I'm pretty sad about that. Hopefully we'll be able to get them booked at some other time, but yeah, there's a, there are a number of artists, um, that I'd really like to get to come to Dr. Pepper Park. And sometimes it's, uh, sometimes it's routing, um, you know, they're just not coming to the East coast or sometimes it's just, um, the cost and our capacity because, you know, we, we're not a large venue. So, you know, we have to make the numbers work. And of course, you know, the artist, they've got a limited amount of dates that they can play and they want to, you know, they need to make as much money as they can as well. So um, it's a, it's a delicate balance. We have to make sure first that our community wants it and that it's going to be well received and that it definitely, you know, fills the niche and really reaches that need in our community for what everybody wants musically. And then it has to make sense financially for us. Um, So, and then, you know, Thirdly, even if all of those things work, then we have to, you know, convince and entice the artist to come to our venue. And um, there's a lot of work, a lot of behind the scenes that that goes into that. Um, so we're thrilled that the artists that we've been getting um, at Dr. Pepper Park love it there and they want to come back. Um, you know, I've had so many compliments from uh, from the national acts and from from the tribute artist as well, that they, they're like, man, Roanoke is my favorite place. Everybody just has such a good time and we're so close to them while we're on stage. It's really intimate. And, um, you know, I think what we've built as a team there at Dr. Pepper Park is just a really cool place to hang out, listen to great music. It's beautiful there, right by the river. You can see, um, you know, the Mill Mountain Star at nighttime. It illuminates. And, um, you know, what I've noticed that's really unique about our venue compared to some other venues that I've attended concerts, you know, a lot of times you get to the concert, you just sit down, you stay in your seat. Um, if it's general admission, you, you're kind of afraid, afraid to leave your seat because somebody's going to take it. So you don't really have that freedom to go around and socialize. So what I find is that like our venue is just very, very social and, uh, you know, people are together talking. Sometimes I see people talking like the whole concert. I'm like, didn't y'all want to listen to the music? You bought a ticket. (laughs) Um, But it's nice because um, there've been so many friendships uh, formed there and I'll go up to people that like, I'll know both of them and I'll say, how do you guys know each other? And they're like, oh, we met here. Like, you know, we're fans of Dr. Pepper Park too. So it's really nice when you see that happening and, uh, and, and you know, it makes you feel good that you've created something that people enjoy. Wow, that's amazing. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Okay, okay. Do you have um, a past in, uh, an act in the past that was just was just an absolute favorite? Not necessarily, you know, as far as like picking favorites, just... Everything just worked out great, you know, everything, all that. You know, there's, you so, know, there's many. so many. Those days are rare. <laughs> so uh, there, there, there are a lot because we've had a lot of concerts. So um, 
in all fairness, I, you know, I'm an old people, so I'm just kind of relying on my memory. So if I had to say, um, you know, my most favorite show from last year, from artist, their crew, their production, um, their tour manager, everything about the day, the audience, the night in general, just the whole day start to finish. Um, my most favorite day last year was Ashley McBride. Um, and it was just like her, you could tell that, um, you know, she's such a positive and loving person and she just exudes that. And her whole staff, um, is exactly the same way. And they're just so, so nice. And I re I'm such a big fan of Ashley's anyway. Um, so it was nice. And I, I had told her, you know, that I was a big fan and uh, really appreciated her coming. And I try not to, you know, take up a lot of their time. And so when she went to do the sound check, and usually that takes about um, a half an hour, start to finish with a national act. Um, and many times the lead singer may not even come out and do their own sound check. And if they do, it's very, very short. You know, they might try snippets of this song and that song, but it's pretty short. Um, but she knew that I was a big fan and she knew that our our uh, our team really loved her. So she really put on like a mini concert for us because, you know, we're working so hard during the concert. We don't get to enjoy, um, you know, a lot of the show. And uh, so it was really nice to just stand there and hear her amazing voice and then after the show, she stayed and met like every person that wanted to meet her or get their picture made with her. And she stayed really, really late. She would not leave until every single person that wanted to meet her met her. And um, that's pretty exceptional and rare. Yeah, you don't find that too too much where somebody will do that or or a group of people will do that. Um, if you had to, not to say that any, any of the, the past, uh, acts are, are, were difficult to deal with, but were there any that were particularly, uh, somewhat difficult to get, to, to get or to, to handle while you guys had them at the venue? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I can't give out names obviously because of, of liability. But what I can tell you is that, um, sometimes, uh, I've deleted the artist entire, uh, playlist from my Spotify account. As soon as I see the taillights of that truck running out, <laughs> going out the front of the venue, like I never want to hear their song again. Sometimes it's like that. Some days are tough. Um, you know, we don't really talk about that much. Um, you know, sometimes it's, you know, different people's personalities, um, you know, some are, are demanding, um, you know, but, you know, for the most part, most of them uh, communicate their needs and, you know, we, we take care of them and uh, make sure that they have a very easy day. But yes, there are some artists that have played that I never want to hear their record again. So it's, <laughs> it's just one of those things. And it may not even be the artist. It may not be the person that's performing, it may be somebody that worked for them that, you know, made the day more difficult than it needed to be. But, um, but that's just, you know, that's life in general, isn't it? Like, you know, sometimes you, 
you know, in any, in any profession, there are people that are not your favorites. Um, that may be a little bit difficult to deal with, but I won't name any names, but anybody that's in the music business will probably tell you the same thing. Yeah. I mean, everybody has an off day every once in a while and, and most everybody has bad days. Yep. Yep. Um, that's true. Are there, were, are there any, um, things you guys would, would be up to doing other than, you know, like the, the wing festival or the, the concerts you guys put on as far as, um, uh, maybe new, new things to come to Dr. Pepper Park. Um, like such as, uh, I mean, different kinds of, you know, whether it be festivals or, or, you know, um, having like, uh, comedy acts come in or, um, I, I wouldn't really say like tribute bands to, sort of, but like, uh, the weird Al kind of people who make fun of other people's songs and turn them into parodies kind of thing. Yeah, we actually, uh, I think he is, I think he is actually coming to Roanoke, um, this year. I believe he's coming to uh, a venue here. Um, um to be honest, to be honest with you, um, outdoor venues don't really do well with comedians. They don't like to perform at outdoor venues and they don't really have, they can't control the room, so to speak. Um, it's just a, it's a different environment for comedy and, um, I've asked several people and, uh, what I've, what I've learned is that it's not a good dynamic. And, and most of them, uh, like Weird Al would definitely, he's musical. So he would definitely come to Dr. Pepper Park, but, um, just like stand up comedians, it's really, uh, it's not going to be something that's their, that's their favorite. There are a couple exceptions, um, to that, that I think would work really well at an outdoor setting. Um, but they're not affordable for us, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, it's been considered, um, you know, for me, for, from a production standpoint, um, it's a lot less production, obviously, than, um, than a band. So it's, it's just the sound and a microphone. Uh, so it's pretty easy, um, less expensive. But uh, unfortunately, they, you know, they don't really, they don't really like that. And just some things don't do well at outdoor venues. Like, you know, I wouldn't see us doing something like, um, you know, for instance, like the, the Celtic dancers or any type of theater production, um, you know, those are more, those are just better suited for like an indoor venue that just work. They just work better there and that's what they're used to. And, um, you know, they're not used to like rain or shine could be raining on you while you're out there dancing. So some things we know just, you know, inherently don't work, um, you know, at an outdoor venue. Um, as far as programming the park uh, more frequently than we do, we are a very small staff. So it's a very um, extensive work schedule when we're in season. Um, we have a lot of different uh you know, really neighbors to be considered when we're producing shows. Um, of course, the Carillion Sim Lab is right there on site, South 16 and, and lots of other businesses in close proximity and then neighborhoods. So we don't, you know, we don't look to create, uh, you know, an event every day of the week. Um, we just like to do what works and on days that we know will work. Um, so we don't look to do things on like Monday nights or whatever. Um, we don't, you know, rent the facility out because we are privately owned. So, uh, it's not something like, you know, Elmwood park where they may rent it to, um, a nonprofit for a fundraiser. And then, you know, they may have a concert there the next night. Uh, it's just not that type of, um, 
not that type of venue. That's just not our business model. Right. And, and, and I can see how that, that wouldn't work well, you know, for, for a lot of that. Um, as far as the production standpoint of things, um, how, you know, when you're, when you find somebody that you want to go after to try to get set up for the venue, what is that, what does that process look like as far as channels you have to go through, how far in advance you have to get in touch with the band or, uh, you know, or their, their manager? Um, well, I can't share all my trade secrets because, you know, I've spent years figuring it out. Right. So, um, so it's, you know, it's pretty extensive. We, sometimes we're, we're putting in offers, uh, a year or two years in advance. Um, so it's not something that, you know, happens overnight. Um, it's funny because I'm like one of the most impatient people in the world. And that whole part of the business is, a, is a patience game. You know, you've got to, you know, you've got to figure out again, is it needed in our community and can we afford it? And then thirdly, you know, will they come play for us? And then, you know, then we start the process. Um, and what I can tell you is that, um, one of the most important things with, um, with our business and, and any business really is, is to, uh, manage expectations, uh, you know, very closely. And, um, so part of that process is we have, um, a wonderful, extensive tech pack for Dr. Pepper Park that we send along with the offer. And it showcases what our venue looks like, um, what amenities we have, and what we don't have. And, you know, we don't have indoor dressing rooms for artists. We don't have a green room. We don't even have an air conditioner. We operate, like, with nothing. The only electricity we have is for the stage and, you know, when you look at artists, the level artists that we're bringing in, um, you know, they're playing really big arenas that have all the bells and whistles and, you know, showers and a green room and in-house catering and all of these things. So it's very important that we communicate to them uh, what we have and what we don't have and then we're, how we're going to um overcome any challenges that we have so that they have a wonderful day. Um, you know, a lot of it, we, you know, we try to overcome with our hospitality and, you know, managing their expectations and finding out like what's truly important to that artist. And um, one story that I can share with you, because it's, it's a, it's a great story. Um, I was talking with the tour manager for uh, Night Ranger. So one of my many uh, hats that I wear is I advance the shows with uh, with the tour managers and um, and the production team. So uh, what that involves is basically from the time they pull up at eight o'clock in the morning or whatever time they're getting there, um, you know, their hotel stays, the daily schedule, when they're going to eat, um, you know, when we're going to um, unload things to put it on the stage and uh, when sound check is, I mean, there are a lot of things that we have to go over. So on this one occasion, I was on the phone with the tour manager for Night Ranger. And I said, hey, one last question. What's the most important thing that I can do for the band that's going to make you look good and is going to make your ride home really easy? And he said, oh, I'm so glad you asked me. Um, it would be great if you could bring a blender. Um, 
And I was like a blender. And he goes, yeah, they, they have to have a blender. And I thought, well, that's strange, you know, because they, they come on tour buses, which are really, really nice tour buses, you know, and a blender is $15. And I thought, well, why, you know, why wouldn't they have a blender? So that's no problem. So I remember like writing that really big on the front of the folder um, for the event day and to remind myself to bring my blender from my house. So I brought it and um, for that particular show, um, we had some indoor amenities um, for them uh, for their catering. And we had all this great catering from Bella Events, which is our official caterer of Dr. Pepper Park. And I thought, well, they're going to be so impressed with us. Look at all these things. And it's everything they asked for. And then I set the blender up, uh, up on the counter. And uh, the band came in and, and there's five of them. And next thing you know, they're all just making a beeline for that blender. And uh, you're probably thinking they were making some sort of tropical drinks, but they weren't. Um, so uh, Jack Blades, the lead singer, he starts jumping up and down and clapping. And they are just giddy like four-year-olds on Christmas morning. They're so excited about this blender. And uh, so apparently they love to make smoothies uh, protein shakes and, and all that kind of stuff. And they were so excited. And I remember that the tour manager thanked me at the end of the night for remembering to bring the blender because everybody was so happy. And, um, so it just makes me laugh because it's just like something so small that made such a big difference in everyone's day. Um, so that's, you know, really important to us when we're communicating with artists to make sure what's important to them. And, and, you know, it could be like, they want to go to the gym. They want a gym to go to work out at, um, or it could be like they have to have a certain type of food or they have special dietary restrictions, uh, whatever that is, we make sure um, that we, you know, are communicating that and telling them what we can do and uh, what we have to offer. Um, so there's a lot involved for sure. It definitely sounds like it. Um, so Within regards to stuff that you get, that you yourself have going on, I, I know uh, you, you're you have your hands in a lot of different pods. What do what do you have going on that's new for you? Oh, thanks for asking. Um, I just launched uh, my new business uh, called Grace and Grit, um, and it's a public speaking business. And I go around and talk with groups. I've got three um, signature speeches that they can choose from. And uh, I, a lot of it is about Dr. Pepper Park or my experiences uh, in my professional career. And um, each each speech is really geared towards which audience I'm speaking to, whether it's a group of um, you know, business owners or if it's you know, a bunch of different people, male and female, with various levels of experience in business. Um, so in some cases, my speeches are just entertaining. Some are educational. Some are motivational. Um, so it's really just something that, um, that I've just been called to do. Like I just, in my heart, like I don't, I, I was scared to public speak and I was not good at it. Um, so to give you some perspective, when um, I started Dr. Pepper Park, and actually way back when I started Sponsor Hounds, um, there was a, a young man that worked for me named Elliot Broyles. You may know him. Um, he's like a local rock star. And uh, he worked for me for uh, like nine years. We worked together. He was the vice president and he's just incredible. He's so extroverted and he could get up on stage and not prepare a thing and know exactly what to say. And the crowd immediately loved him and he was fearless. And so that was his thing. I'm like, well, you're good at that. And you're doing that all the time. So when he left, 
I was stuck doing it and I was scared to death. I mean, for years, I would just feel physically ill when I had to get up on stage to just announce a band. I have mispronounced National Act names. I have mispronounced the city and state that they're from because I was so nervous. So um, it's interesting that I've chosen this path, but you know, I really like to do things that motivate me and um, help with my personal growth. And public speaking is something that I've always been afraid of. Um, so I just decided that I was going to, um, hire someone to coach me and tell me how to write speeches and how to deliver them. And, um, and she's been incredible. It's been a great experience. And I just had my, um, my first, my debut, uh, speech at the Rotary Club of downtown Roanoke. And I couldn't have asked for a better group to speak to first because they were just so kind and so much positive energy in that group. And, um, it was a wonderful experience. I, I thought that I would be really nervous, um, but I wasn't. And I sort of tricked my brain by telling myself, like, I'm excited every time that I wanted to think or say out loud, I'm nervous. And then um, because apparently studies show that your body sort of manifests both of those emotions the same way, but there are different outputs for how your body reacts to it. So if you keep saying you're nervous, that's that's the same level of excitement, but it's negative energy. So I just kept saying, I'm so excited. So I convinced myself that I was excited versus nervous. And even though when I got up there, I could really hear my heart beating in my ears <laughs> so, so loud. Um, but I, you know, you know what they say, never let them see you sweat. So um, I delivered my first speech and there are some things that I would definitely do differently, but um, overall, I was really pleased. And um, I, I think it's going to be great. I made so many connections. I had a couple of people come up to me and want to sponsor um, some things at Dr. Pepper Park. And uh, that was really unexpected. I didn't, um, you know, I, I didn't start the business for that purpose. Um, but I just thought that um, that my story and experience uh, may speak to um, a lot of people's hearts. And if I could touch lives in that way, that would be really rewarding for me. And, uh, and also, you know, if I have the opportunity to travel uh, and talk about Dr. Pepper Park and our wonderful community here in the Roanoke Valley, then, you know, it's, I think it will drive a lot of interest for people to come and, you know, visit here and, and see the park. We do get so many out of town guests already with the national acts that we bring in. So um, it'll just be, you know, more lives to touch. And, and, you know, I'm all about, you know, promoting Roanoke and, and what we do with live music. And, you know, we've got so many great musicians and so many local, great local musicians around here. We're very, very blessed. Yeah. And, and talking to other people, you know, not, not just for our podcast, but just in, general conversation unless you socialize with some of the some of the people who do a lot of the a lot of the bigger things around you don't realize how much of a close community Roanoke is in general yeah it's a they you know people say it's like a big small town like um and that's true and you know when you're when you're talking to people it's it's interesting um, to see you know, who's connected to who, and you know, Facebook certainly you know shines a bright light on that, as as well as um, you know, LinkedIn uh, format does. But you know, whenever I'm, um, uh, I've got a couple of, of people here locally 
that um, that I call connectors. And they, every time I'm talking to them about anything, they're so good about like, hey, I'm going to put you in contact with this person. And do you know that person? And uh, sometimes, I mean, as many years as I've lived here, and I mean, gosh, I guess it's 27 years or more um, I've lived here. You would think that I would know all the people, but it's interesting that there's so many people that, you know, I don't know, um, but I have an opportunity to connect with um, through either uh, Grace and Grit or Dr. Pepper Park. And, um, but yeah, everybody, everybody kind of knows everyone around here. And, uh, and that's really nice, especially, um, you know, when you're, when you're promoting something or you're in need of prayer or, um, you're celebrating something, you know, whatever it is, uh, really our community does uh, come together and rally around each other. Definitely. Um, as far as, you know, if you, if you had to tell somebody what Roanoke is about, as far as, you know, not just Dr. Pepper Park, but as far as, you know, uh, communities as a whole, um, you know, whether it be businesses, um, what, what, what would you tell people, especially the ones that come from out of town to, to go to, uh, you know, one of your, one of your, uh, motivational, uh, speeches or, or just to Dr. Pepper Park, you know, to find out uh, what made them come other than to see, you know, the venue or who's, who's there? Well, people are always surprised, you know, when they, when they come to Dr. Pepper Park, if they're from out of town and they've never been here before, I remember specific, specifically in uh, 2020, you know, we stayed open, kept music alive. Um, we worked within uh, the state restrictions that we had that, you know, limited capacity and all the things. And so there were a lot of, uh, a lot of, towns, a lot of cities, a lot of states that did absolutely no live music, didn't do anything, even outdoor venues. Um, but, you know, because we were um, limited to capacity and we have such a large space there, people were able to um, distance themselves and, and still enjoy live music. And that was so important mentally. But, um, but what I remember about 2020 um, there are a lot of things I'd like to forget, but there are so many nice memories too. I remember um, a, a couple of guys coming up to me and they were like, Hey, do you own the place? And sometimes you're like, yes. Cause you think, you know, they might have a complaint or whatever, but they were smiling so big. I figured they didn't. And they were like, I don't think you realize like how special this place is. You know, I live in a big city. Like I live, I don't, I can't remember where they lived somewhere in, um, I think it near DC and they were like, we don't have anything like this. I mean, the artist is right there in front of you. It's so cool, man. I mean, like I can't, like I get to see my favorite artist right here in front of me. Like it's very, very special. And, um, and so that's cool. But I think that people are always surprised uh, when they get to Roanoke, just how beautiful it is, just, you know, how great our downtown is and, you know, how beautiful the mountains are. Um, you know, even, you know, I have a great view at my house and I, I feel like I take it for granted. You know, some days it really catches me off guard, like, whoa, look at that sunset or, uh, you know, whatever it is, look at the clouds and, you you know, it, it'll really make you pay attention. But for the most part, I think I also take advantage of like the beauty of our area. So when people come from outside of the market, 
Um, I think that's one of the first things they notice is how beautiful it is, uh, how clean our city is. And also that there are so many options for entertainment, so many options of things to do. And, uh, you know, sometimes I hear people say negative things that live in town, like, oh, there's nothing to do in Roanoke. I mean, there is so much to do there. There's at least like five things every day of the week um, that you could find to do. Um, big things, different things, unique. Um, so I'm all about promoting everything that is going on in town. Um, you know, we we talk about other we promote other concerts. Um, you know, we promote other, you know, other businesses and, and what they're doing. But, you know, I, I think the the two things that I would say that um are most important that if you want to visit Roanoke, plan to stay more than a day or two because there are so many options for um, entertainment and outdoor recreation um, that I think you're going to miss a lot if you don't stay more than a couple of days. Yes, uh, that's that's definitely true. Uh, so I've lived, I grew up in Franklin County, but I've lived in Roanoke. You know, as well for the last you know ten years or so. So I mean, I've been around this area my whole life, and still, you know, re realizing I'm missing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, I mean, there's. There I mean, there are things, to things be discovered to be all the time, and I think that because we're you know in the community, we're going to work, we're coming home. Um, you know, some people don't actively search for things to do; they may happen upon them. But you kind of get in a routine and a rut because you know you you work here and live here. So I think that when our visitors come here, <clears throat> they're like overwhelmed that there are so many things to do because they're actively looking for things to do. Um, so yeah, you're right. I mean, there's, you know, there's things, there are things to be discovered. I think, you know, all the social media platforms have certainly helped to build a lot of awareness for um, things that were really word of mouth before. Um, and now they're getting um, a lot more promotion and, you know, a lot of people talking about it online. So the people say they have to go, you know, I have to go check that out or I have to see that next time it comes to town, you know, and, um, and I think that's been really a game changer for entertainment in general. So you, you were talking about, you know, um, still you know doing the music and all that, having to follow along with the, you know, the restrictions and all that during, you know, COVID all that 2020 and up till now and all that. Uh, was it, um, I mean, obviously I'm sure it was, but I mean, was it a little less difficult or did it make it more difficult like to get, you know, acts in there, uh, or people to, to show up and all that? Um, that's, um, that's a, good a good question. Um, although it's a year, I don't really want to talk about, I mean, here we are going on, what is this like the third year that we're <laughs> almost three years and, and uh, the, third, the third year. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't like to really focus on that, but it, I mean, it was grueling. It really was, um, shows were moving. Um, they were some, some tours, it just wasn't feasible for them to come all the way to Roanoke to do one show. Um, like I mentioned before, most of our surrounding cities, um, were not doing any events. Most of Virginia was not doing any events. So, um, as you can imagine, uh, like we talked about earlier with routing artists, they have to be coming this way for it to financially make sense for them to load up all their gear, um, get a tour bus and drag everybody down here. You know, it's got to make financial sense. So, um, a lot of artists just, you know, they just 
threw in the towel. They were like, we're just going to move the whole entire tour to 2021. And, um, and so when we moved all of those shows to 2021, um, we needed to book shows in 2020. So, uh, we looked at, you know, what artists will come and, um, do like, you know, a one show deal. Um, so that was mainly like artists from, you know, that were in Nashville or already, um, on the East coast, um, that were willing to tour and do like a one-off show. It was very, very difficult. Um, we were replacing shows, we were moving shows. I mean, heck, um, Aaron Lewis, I think that show moved three or four times. Um, and every time that you have to move a date, it's the same amount of work. Like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, that it's really the same amount of work as when you put a show on sale. So, um, you know, really add to that, you know, the convoluted nature of all of the different restrictions and trying to maneuver through those without, um, any guidance really, um, you know, from the state, there was really nobody available to answer questions. If you had a de more detailed question, um, it was a very confusing, confusing time. Um, it, it was quite difficult, but, uh, it was important to us that we kept music alive and that we got open as soon as we possibly could. Um, and that we produce shows, uh, safely and that we did everything, um, that the CDC was recommending uh, as far as best guidance for, um, you know, really, um, you know, controlling COVID and with us being outdoors, it was deemed that it was, you know, a lot safer because, you know, it's more when you're in close contact and, and that sort of thing. So we followed all of the rules. Um, that was a whole different, that was just like running an event in and of itself. Um, just all of the restrictions and things, um, all of the precautions that we needed to take, uh, we went above and beyond. So for example, um, it wasn't required that we take people's temperature on the way in, um, but that was just an added measure, an extra layer of um, protection that made people, you know, feel good about it and also made us feel good about it. Um, so people really didn't mind uh, because they just wanted to come to the show. Uh, but as far as attendance, you know, really what I witnessed is that like, um, yeah, first of all, it was difficult to get the artist to come because it, it didn't make financial sense for them in many cases, but we did produce the same amount of shows that we had planned to produce, um, in 2020. Um, so just with different artists and a different type of schedule. Um, so our sponsors were very happy. Our vendors were happy. Our guests were happy. And, uh, I'll be honest, uh, we stayed in direct contact with all of our sponsors, and not one of them asked for a reduction in price or any of their money back because they saw how hard we were trying and that we were still producing the same amount of concerts. And obviously we couldn't control how many people were allowed at the venue because those were you know state restrictions, <clears throat> but just staying in contact with them and finding out like, how is COVID affecting your business? How can we help you? Um, you know, what are you doing? How can we tell people about that? Um, they really appreciated that and, and that we were imaging them and all of the new things that we created, like the growler drive through service and things that we had to do, um, you know, to really stay in business. Um, so, yeah, it was it was definitely a challenging year. But through that, um, we really grew as a team. And then also the community really appreciated it so much. We got a lot of new sponsors because of it. Um, we had people come up with us at the show that said, you know, we want to support this venue. We appreciate you staying open. 
Um, I'm going crazy without live music. This is really helping me mentally and my spirit. Um, so those were those were the types of things that we were hearing, and we really appreciated those kind words. They were much needed. Um, but then, <clears throat> excuse me, in 2021, um, we moved a lot of shows in that year. And then I really kind of doubled up our schedule because um, I was afraid that they would start moving around again. And then I was also afraid that additionally, um, you know, we'd have shows dropping off and we wouldn't have enough shows to really fulfill like our sponsorship commitment and our commitment to the community. But then when every single show happened, uh, it was a lot of shows. <laughs> so uh, It was really like, uh, what are we doing to ourselves? Like it was just a lot of shows. And then at the end of the year, uh, we all looked at each other and we were like, it's kind of like a really wild roller coaster ride. You just look at each other and go, you want to do that again? And everybody said, yeah. So, um, so we're, we're on board for a great big 2022 and we're really excited about the season. It definitely sounds like you guys have a lot, lot coming up, a lot going on. And that's always good to hear that, uh, so that the local businesses in general are still thriving. Uh, yeah. because during all that, that was, that was rough for everyone. I know, uh, myself personally on top of doing what Tyler and I do, we both work at uh, Firestone. So I was working at Firestone when all, you know, with all the COVID stuff and man, just to see things change was just unreal. And they're still changing and, uh, and you know, we're, it, it's still a challenge. Um, but then, you know, I, I just try to look at, um, the positives and, um, so during COVID, um, my, I wasn't, you know, we were, we were doing all that we could, you know, to stay open. Um, but then I felt bad because like, as, um, you know, part of a team at home, you know, my, my husband and I, um, uh, we've got goals, you know, we've got retirement goals. And, um, so I wasn't able to contribute to those because we were closed and I felt very, very, um, guilty, even though I, it wasn't my fault. Um, and of course, at that time, there wasn't any assistance for my type of business um, or my type of business structure. Um, so what we did is I started um, our, the roofing division for Empire Siding and Windows, and um, I started selling roofs for uh, my husband, and I was in charge of the roofing division. And so I learned a new trade, and, and I also learned that I really liked that. Um, and, and he still um, continues with uh, roofing as part of, of what he does. But, um, you know, it's interesting. Everybody really had to do, you know, what they had to do, um, you know, during COVID. Never in a million years did I think that my business would be forced to shut um, and that, you know, without it being my decision. So that was very, very difficult mentally. And um, it's, uh, I just really need to stay busy. Um, so I went to work, you know, with my husband and, um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I loved meeting with people in their homes and seeing all the different neighborhoods because I don't really have time to like ride around and look at people's neighborhoods. If I don't have a reason to be there, I'm not there, but, um, it's just really interesting. We've got some really cool, um, communities and, and neighborhoods around here. And I just, I didn't even know that they were there. So, um, it was a, a very interesting, uh, part of my life, um, that I'm thankful I had an opportunity to, to experience that. 
I know with, with the whole COVID thing, you know, there are a lot of people that look at the negative side of that, but I think if you look at the, at the positive side, you know, it, it not only had people who were in certain positions that either they had to start working from home or the position was eliminated at the time or the business shut down. I think it, overall, it makes people stronger. Absolutely. I mean, you, I mean, you've got to, um, and you, you've got to stay positive because if you don't, you know, you just go, you're going to go crazy. If you don't say, well, here's what happened good today. Um, you know, there were some things that, that happened really, really bad in 2020 that I'm still, um, going through, uh, as a result of that. Um, but I just try to focus on, you know, the positives and what am I learning, um, from this experience. And, you know, I, one of the things that, uh, was pretty cool to me because so many people were working from home. I mean, everyone's just so busy, you know, life is just so busy and there's, you know, 17 different ways for people to get a hold of you all the time. And everybody needs a response immediately. And you're just go, go, go. It's just a different, uh, work pace, um, than like I think that our parents had, um, because of all this technology, like, yes, technology is great, but then at the same time, you're just available all the time for everyone. And you just stay so busy and you lose contact over the years with, with old friends because nobody picks up the phone anymore. And, um, so, you know, during COVID, like, um, a lot of people were struggling and we were talking about that on Facebook and I was able to like, just pick up the phone and have like an hour long conversation with people I hadn't spoken to in years. And neither of us were even realized it had been years until we really slowed down enough to go, what are we doing? Like what? I mean, like you, you're losing friends by being so busy, you know, you're not keeping in touch with people. So you know, that was something really positive um, that happened, that I was able to reconnect with with so many people and that we could talk about what we were going through and what our fears were and uh, what our triumphs were. And, um, and just, you know, whether it was like sharing that you were exercising that day with them and keeping each other motivated to stay active, whatever it was, like, I really saw um, a, a lot of... Um, a lot of good in people during a really bad time. So uh, I, that's what I choose to remember. It's, it's, it's great to hear that, you know, you guys did so well. And then, you know, during all that, you know, you guys stayed positive and, and just kept your head down and kept moving forward, no matter what challenges were trying to get in the way, you know, and, and that the fact that, you do so much, but yet you're still very grounded when you're doing it. Well, thanks, Josh. I appreciate that. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't do it by myself. Certainly like I couldn't do it without, um, without our team at, at Dr. Pepper Park and, um, all the support of our community. Um, you know, so many people were reaching out to us and saying like, the minute you open, I'm going to be there. Um, you know, a lot of people were encouraging me to break the rules and open. And I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't, I can't break the rules. Like I don't want to be closed forever. Um, so, uh, you know, we were pleased that we were able to, to get open as early as we could, but you know, when they first made that initial announcement, we thought, well, this isn't going to affect us because it'll be warm, you know, by the time we open and, 
And that's that's what kills the virus is what they're saying. And so this is going to be like a seasonal flu and it'll be over. And then it's just not over. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we didn't, you know, we didn't think our, or really our, our first thought was for other types of businesses that were being immediately affected, um, like our downtown, uh, Roanoke businesses. And so we, uh, organized, um, a fundraiser called rock to the rescue, which was, um, a free, um, concert series that you could watch on Blue Ridge PBS and we were encouraging people to make donations to um, our, our downtown Roanoke businesses. And also there were options um, to tip the band. We paid the band um, to be there. And real all of the bands, like all of them, every single band donated their tip money to the downtown Roanoke businesses as well. Um, so it was really more like we want to make sure that musicians... Um, you know, have a place to play. And that was something that we filmed. There was no audience there. So, uh, but people looked forward to it coming on TV that they could see their favorite local band that they hadn't been able to go out and see for months. Um, so it was a very important for people's, um, you know, just, you know, mentally and for their spirit, for, for them to have live music. Um, that was really important during that time. And, uh, we were able to raise some money for downtown Roanoke businesses. Um, but that was our first thought. Like we got to help people. Uh, we didn't think that we would need help. We didn't think that we, uh, that, that our business would be in peril. Um, we thought that we'd be open, you know, on our regular scheduled date. And then when everybody started counting, uh, can't, you know, canceling their dates and moving their tours. We were like, oh my goodness. And nothing like that has ever happened in the music industry ever before in history. Um, the closest thing was 9-11. And that was one day as far as it affecting shows and it affecting, um, you know, artist travel and things like that. Um, now we're talking about months and months of, uh, businesses being affected. Um, but what I can also tell you, in addition to all of our sponsors, uh, being amazing, uh, and appreciating, you know, us, you know, staying open and, and doing the same amount of concerts and keeping our commitments to them. But in addition to that, every single artist, every single one of them did the right thing. Um, they either moved or rescheduled their show, uh, or if they had to cancel because they couldn't reschedule, they gave us our deposit back. Every single person in the whole industry did the right thing. Uh, and I think that's huge because, you know, that's a lot of money. You're talking about a whole year that some of these artists didn't make any money at all. Booking agents, um, you know, people that sell merchandise, uh, people that tour and set up all of the all of the instruments, the production teams, they made no money at all. And even through all of that, they did the right thing with the venues and the promoters. And uh, us, we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know what best practice would be. We didn't have any guidance. Um, so, you know, again, I think about that. I think about people could have done the wrong thing. They could have made demands because there's nothing in a contractual agreement with these artists that protect you from a pandemic. There's nothing. And there's no insurance that you can buy for it either. Um, so there, you know, when it comes to like a legal agreement, they could have very well um not done the right thing, but they all did the right thing. And I just think that's wonderful. And that really um, you know, speaks uh volumes, um, pun intended, <laughs> about our industry uh in the music business is that everybody did the right thing, even though it may not have felt good to them. 
uh, to walk away from that, um, you know, and, and we managed to stay in business through of it, through it and, uh, and thrive, really thrive in 2021. That uh, last year was our biggest year ever. So I know we mentioned it um, earlier, uh, but just, yeah, just to go over it one more time, uh, as far as, you know, you said, is it drpepperpark.com? Yeah, drpepperpark.com. That's our website. Also, our ticketing uh, point of sale. want to remind everybody, um, there are lots of scammers out there. There are lots of fraud sites that are on like a Google search, for instance. So please, please make sure um, that you get to our website by punching in D-R-P-E-P-P-E-R. P-A-R-K.com, um, drpepperpark.com, or you can also go to our Facebook page, Dr. Pepper Park at the Bridges, and the website link will be there. Um, there's also a direct ticket link in the individual Facebook event pages. Um, so if you ever have any questions about where to buy tickets or if you're on the wrong site or not, please call us at 540-206-2414. Uh, that number is everywhere. So if you just, you know, search Dr. Pepper Park's phone number, um, uh, we're available. So if you're ever unsure, um, we had a lot of, uh, because of the level of acts that we're bringing in, we have, um, you know, a lot of fraud sites. So a lot of times people are coming to the show, they think they have a legitimate ticket and then they're disappointed to find out that they don't. And, um, 10 times out of 10, they're also paying at least double what we are charging for tickets. So that's really like your first clue. Like if you look at it, you're like, these ticket prices seem ridiculous. Like just give us a call and we'll make sure that you're on the right website. And do you have a way for people like as far as your motivational speaking go uh, goes for them to like at a separate time or set up sure, something sure. with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, um, you can check out waynetanderson.com. So it's my name, W-A-Y-N-E-T-T-E, anderson.com. Um, and the name of the company is Grace and Grit. All right. Thank you so much for all that. Thank you for uh, talking with us. Um, we greatly appreciate it. Well, I appreciate, well, I appreciate you. you. I much for much for Tyler. Tyler. I'm kind of the silent partner. Well, you're doing, well, you're a, great doing a great job. I don't know what, don't you know what you're doing behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you all inviting me. Um, it's always a, a pleasure um, to talk about what we do, what our team does at Dr. Pepper Park. And we hope that you'll come out and enjoy a uh, music experience there or uh, perhaps a festival like the Roanoke Wing Fest. And uh, we've got more big announcements um, coming up. So just uh, make sure you like us on Facebook. And we also have an email list that you can sign up for that's free at drpepperpark.com. And then you'll be the first one to know about shows and you can buy tickets before they go on sale. So make sure you do that too. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you very much for, for your time. I know you're, you're very busy. Well, I'm never too busy to talk to you guys, so I hope that I have the chance to come back on again soon, and I wish you all the best with the podcast, and uh, thank you so much. Absolutely. We'd love to have you back on.
All right, y'all have a great night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You too. You too. You too. All right. All right. Bye. 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 On the next episode, we will be talking to the Alberta Ghostbusters. There will be spoilers about Ghostbusters Afterlife, so make sure you tune in for the next episode.